Well, today is truly a day of celebration to be back together again, and it's so good to be able to worship together in the same space. And whether we're worshiping online or whether we're here, it's just powerful when the people of God, the body of Christ, gets back together. There's something special that happens. So thank you for coming out here today. Now, I was thinking about the fact that all of us are sort of different, and some of you you perhaps are a little bit more introverted. You get your energy from being alone. And so in these last uh, few months, you know, it's sort of fit your personality and your style. You don't mind being home and being just with kind of a small group of people. Maybe you like working from home or you've had that opportunity. And so that fits you really well. And then there's others of you that you're more of an extrovert. You get your people, your energy from people. And so being home has just been driving you crazy because you don't have enough interaction from people and you're missing hanging out with your friends and doing all that stuff. And some of you are just sort of right in the center. You like time alone. You like time with other people. And so you're just trying to find your way in the middle of all of this that we've been asked to do. And I was thinking it doesn't really matter which one or where you are on that spectrum because all of us, no matter who we are, we are built for connection. We're built for community with other people. That's how God has hardwired us together. And so as we get a chance to come together and as we get a chance to worship together, it just feels good. It feels energizing because that's the way that God has designed us to live and to be. And so we get a chance to be together as a people of God and being in worship is just one aspect of how God has designed us. I was thinking about the fact that there have been so many things that have divided us recently in our world, in our nation, even in the church. When is it safe to come back? How is it safe to come back? Are we wearing masks or not? All of that stuff. And the enemy loves to divide the people of God. Yet what I want to talk about today is that I want to contend around this statement, the church is at its best when it is united in the mission of Jesus Christ. The church is at its best when it's united around the mission of Jesus Christ and setting all those other things aside as we gather in the building this morning. There's something that draws us together and there's something that is powerful as we stand together and that is the common belief in our Savior, Jesus Christ. When we're united, when we stand together, we become this sort of unstoppable force empowered by the Spirit of God. And I want to invite you to our series. Last week we began the series, uh, this metaphor that we're using for this series of sermons called Deep Roots. And we're talking about the fact that, you know, trees, if you go and look outside or around your house, they've been there. If you are in a, a place, some of those trees get really big. And they stand the test of time because they have some deep roots underneath that we can't see that allows them to go, whether it's the sun or rain or storms or whatever. They're able to stand strong because of those deep roots underneath. And so last week we started with the deep root of uh, identity. That as people of God, we too need to build our foundation on something that's solid. And so that identity is about knowing who we are and where we've come from. And today I want to talk about the deep root of unity. That the things that draw us together are so much bigger and so much stronger than the things that divide us. So I invite you to pray as we get started. Gracious God, thank you for your word. Your word that teaches us. Your word that trains us. Your word, Lord, that grounds us no matter what's going on in our world. And so, Lord, I pray that you would lead us by your spirit this morning, that we might know and see 
and experience, Lord, what you want us to hear this morning. In the precious name of Christ, we pray. Amen. So we're focusing on the book of Ephesians for this series of messages, and the Apostle Paul, he was actually writing this letter to the new believers, and he was writing to the people who were sort of together in this commercial city called Ephesus, but he also probably knew that this letter was going to go out to some of the churches around Asia Minor, so he was trying to hit that for a wide audience. And he had this unique challenge of trying to bring, bring together two very different groups of people. He was bringing together uh, people from the Jewish tradition and people from the Gentile tradition, and they were creating this new thing called the church built upon the death and resurrection of Jesus. And this was not an easy task. This was not an easy thing to do because the Jews, they had grown up with a whole different culture than the Gentiles. And the Jewish people, they had very strict regulations about what they could eat. They knew the scriptures. They believed in one God. And that was the culture that they were coming from. And the Gentile Christians, they came from a very different background. And they came from a culture that just sort of uh, believed in many gods and there weren't really many restrictions and a culture that was very free-flowing. And so he's writing this letter to try to bring the church together from all kinds of different sides, a different cultural background, and help them to become the church. This people that were called out, that were different, people as a body of Christ, believers in Jesus, his death and resurrection. And so he begins uh, chapter two by writing some of my favorite verses, and you'll see them on the screen. Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine. It says this, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. He's saying in the midst of all of this differences in our culture, this is a truth that can unite us. It is the foundation of our common belief in grace this gift of God that Jesus has given to us, that's what unites us, a relationship with Christ that is based on grace. And Paul begins here by telling the believers, reminding them that grace is a gift to be received. That grace is a gift to be received. We cannot earn God's favor, it's simply a gift. And this is a major difference between Christianity and every other uh, religion. Every other belief system is based on works. It's a, based upon doing good, good things to gain God's approval or to gain happiness or to gain entrance into heaven. And Christianity is something incredibly different. Salvation is a gift. It is the greatest gift we can ever receive. And because it's a gift, we can't brag about it. We can't boast about it. It's just a gift. Can you think about a really special gift that you received? Maybe it was a Christmas gift or a birthday gift, but it was just one of those that really stood out. It was really special. And why was that? What made it so unique and so special? Most likely it was because somebody had sacrificed to give that to you or to pay for that, or perhaps it was expensive. Or perhaps it was something that was just perfect for you. It was something that fit you exactly because that person knew you really well. And that's what stands out, those special gifts in our life. And so too is the special gift that Jesus has given to each one of us. It's a, it's a very precious gift that he's given. And so we can't bat, uh, boast or brag about it, Paul says. And, and salvation is a gift we can't work or earn our way to heaven. Do you know how miserable that would probably be? If we were in heaven because of what we did, we'd, we'd be telling stories about how great we were on earth and trying to one-up each other on how we got in. That's not how it works. 
It's just simply a gift. God says, I give you this gift. I give you my forgiveness. I give you my love. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. But I give it to you as a special gift. What do we do with a gift? We simply accept it. We're grateful for it. And we tell others about it because it's so special. You see, the ground at the cross is level. All of us have fallen short of God's standards. And none of us are are better than another based on our position on one issue or that or the other thing. I love being able to come to church and to be in fellowship with other people because all of us stand on the same ground. The cross is a place where barriers are destroyed and the cross is a place that unites us. Grace is a gift to be received but it is a gift that cost Jesus everything. It cost him everything. And with this gift that we receive, with this treasure of God's grace and his love that we don't deserve, what are we supposed to do with it? What are we supposed to do with it? He goes on to write to the people in verse 10, Paul says this, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God calls us to be in mission and ministry for him. We're called to reach out to serve others, to tell him about his love, to encourage them, to invite them into the family of God. But these things flow out of a relationship with Christ. They come from pursuing and knowing God. And out of that relationship, then Jesus asks us or gives us direction on what to do. We don't do these good things to earn our way to heaven, but God, we do them out of the great love that we have received from him. Grace is not just a gift to be received. Grace is a gift to be given. Grace is also a gift to be given. Now, I remember a story a ways back, and some of you who are brothers and sisters here, um, this may or may not have happened to you in the past, But my brother and I, we were about elementary age, and we were out for a bike ride. We were out with our bikes. And um, I remember I had this pink, huffy bike, and my brother had this black, huffy bike. Now, do you remember, if you were here around in the 80s, and if not, ask your parents, what a huffy bike is? Because it was very popular. There's great big seats that you had. And so we just loved being on our bikes when we were young. And one day, we came back, and we got in trouble because we were late. And I remember it was clearly my fault. I wanted to go down this other street and go by the, the, the little brook that was by our house. We weren't supposed to do that, and we were goofing around, and we got back late. And the interesting thing, and the reason I remember that day, is because something very interesting happened. We were getting the wet too far from my mom or my dad, I don't remember what, and I was about to say, yeah, it was me, when my brother, my younger brother, stood up for me. And he says, yeah, mom, I'm really sorry. Whatever the punishment is, I'll take it. What? When does that ever happen that your brother stands up for you when it was clearly my fault? That never happens. And I looked over to him expecting one of these, like, you owe me looks, you know, all those kind of things, but he didn't. He looked at me, and the reason I remember it to this day is this. He looked at me with one of those looks of, it's okay, I got this one. It's okay, I got this one for you. He clearly knew it was my fault. 
but he took whatever the punishment was that day. And I remember it because it stood out to me and it mattered. And I received grace that day that I, honest to goodness, did not deserve. And I skipped a punishment because of it. And I thought about that example in light of our world and our culture today because it feels like everywhere you turn, somebody is always placing the blame on somebody else. You know, uh, this is the reason that this happened or who's going to pay for this or who has a liability here and we're always looking over our shoulder trying to protect ourselves and our back. And I was just beginning to think about this scripture and what if, what is we as Christians, what if we just made a special focus and, and we do this already, but what if we made a special focus to be known because of that grace that we give away to people? And it's so easy and so um, tempting in our culture to just, you know, just get involved in all the rigmarole that's going on right now. All the confusion and all the chaos and to just add our little comments to the big social media post. But what if we were different? What if we went that extra mile to help somebody out? What if we did something even when it's inconvenient or when we didn't have to or when we weren't responsible for it? How do we stand out when somebody, when we do something for somebody, even when it's not deserved? I think that's when we, as the people of God, really stand out in the mission of Jesus Christ. When we stand because we're different, because we're people of God, when we stand united around the truth and mission of Jesus, and we become this unstoppable force to this hurting and broken world. There are so many things that unite us rather than divide us. And when we're divided, we become weak and ineffective. We become overlooked in this world. But when we're united, we can do infinitely more together than we can apart. And that's what Paul was trying to say to the early church. And that's what we live out in our Christian faith today. And later on in this chapter, he uses another metaphor. In in, uh, verse 18, it says this. He uses this idea of a family. He says, For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners or aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as a chief cornerstone. All of us have a part in the family of God. All of us have access to the Father by one Spirit. And Jesus is that cornerstone, that unique place in the, in the foundation. In ancient buildings, that cornerstone was that primary load-bearing stone that determined the lines of the building. And they set this big stone in place, and then it would make sure that all of the other parts of that building were secure. They say that there was one cornerstone that was found in Palestine that weighed 570 tons. Can you imagine? How in the world did they even move that thing? But once that thing was set, it was there. And it not only provided the plumb line for the rest of the building, but it was there in case of destruction. That was going to be the thing that would stand. And they had to think about that because sometimes there was a flood that would come through or there'd be an army that would come and destroy something. And nothing was going to stop that cornerstone in the midst of whatever it is that went on. And so Paul uses that metaphor here that Jesus is that chief cornerstone that we can depend on, that it remains steady and strong. He is our fortress, a refuge, no matter what goes on in our world. 
A church is at its very best when it's united around the mission of Jesus Christ to help people know the life-giving love and grace of our Savior Jesus. And my heart just breaks when I hear of one Christian group criticizing another one or one church criticizing another or one denomination criticizing another. That's not the reason that Christ died. We can't spend our energy fighting among ourselves if we hope to make an impact in the world around us. Our mission, our responsibility, our incredible uh, blessing and privilege is that we might be a blessing to others around us and that we might help people who don't know Christ to know that life-saving message and relationship of Jesus. As Rod said, connecting people to the love and life of Jesus Christ is our mission. And that's another one of our core values here at Redeemer. It's centered around this idea of what we do together. And it says that worship is a celebration of our faith. As we get a chance to worship together, it is a thing that unites us. It is a celebration of faith as we take our minds and our hearts away from all the stuff going on in life. And we get a chance to focus on who Christ is. As we sing, as we learn from the word, as we get a chance to be together, we celebrate all that God has done for us and what he has called us to do and to be and worship is what brings us together. There is no escaping our differences. We might have different ideas and issues and and where those things are right now. They're broadcast to us daily in the cable news. There's always people fighting over one thing or another. Sometimes those differences get blown out of proportion. But in reality, the people of God, we have so much more in common than we do separate. We are all sinners simply in need of the grace of our Lord Jesus, and we rejoice together in that amazing gift. Being able to be here together and to celebrate together is an amazing gift, one we cannot take for granted in the midst of all that we're going through. The church is at its very best when it is united in the mission of Jesus Christ, when we receive the grace of Jesus and then give that away to others. That is this deep root that we build upon who Jesus is, that we dig down deep in his grace and we receive that no matter what comes. So I just want us to think about the week ahead. How is it that you and I can be reminded of this precious gift of grace in your life and in mine this week? When we get up in the morning and we turn on the news and we hear all the stuff that's going on, how can you and I be reminded of this amazing gift of God's love. And we have to do that so we are filled up to then be able to give that away. And who in your life needs a particular amount of grace this week? Don't nudge your neighbor, just know it in your head. But who in your life needs that extra measure of grace this week? That you just need to go out of your way and give them a helping hand or just let them off the hook on something or just, I don't know, just be graceful and what you do, and what you say, and what you post. That we can really just shine for Jesus and be able to give that grace to someone this week. I want to close this morning with a story. There was a man, and he had several sons, and they just could not get along. Just always bickering, always fighting, just couldn't get along. And so he called them together one day and he said, I want you all to come. And he had taken a whole bunch of sticks and he had wrapped them together with a a cord. And he says, all right, guys, I want you to come and I want you to try to break this bundle of sticks. And of course, you know, each one came up real macho-like, but they couldn't get very far. And so he simply bent down and he, he cut the cord that held them together. He says, now I want you to come and show me what you can do. So the guys come, you know, and they break them super easy on their knees. 
He said, here's what I want you to see, that we are better together. He said as a family, he was talking in that particular thing as his family, he said we are bound together by love. And together we can defy almost every danger, but divided you will fall prey to your enemies around you. And I was thinking about that story because it's what happens to us in the church and the church of Jesus Christ is united by one mission to help people to know the life-giving love and grace of our Savior Jesus Christ. And we stand together. It is that deep root of unity that grounds us when the world threatens to divide us and we can do infinitely more together than we can apart. And so we celebrate that. We celebrate that by worship today. We celebrate that and cherish that as we have a chance to be together and to serve our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. That was written so long ago to people in a different context, but Lord, it jumps right off the page for us even today. In our different walks of life and the tasks and responsibilities that you've given to us, Lord, may we just shine for you in everything that we do and what we say and how we respond and what we post. Lord, that we might just, again, treasure that gift of grace that you've given to us and then to be able to give that away to the people that we encounter this week, whether that's in our families or our coworkers or someone ahead of us in line at the store. But Lord, help us truly to just shine for you and to focus on being just examples of your grace this week. Thanks, Lord. In the precious name of Christ, we pray. Amen. We're going to respond with a song. Would you stand with us?